Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow dietitian. I'm a coach to my fellow female colleagues all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that focus on sales. Hello and welcome. I am here tonight with special guest Michelle Shapiro, owner of Michelle Shapiro RD Nutrition and Director of Wellness for Fitlore, a corporate wellness company. Michelle has a really interesting background. She has lost about 90 pounds, and which has resulted in chronic illness. And she has a really interesting dynamic background and ability to tell stories. I'm excited to have her here. We connected on social media on Instagram, and I can't wait for you to hear everything, all of her reflections and stories about being a dietitian boss. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Libby. I'm so excited to be here and to chat with you. I'm excited to have you. So fill in a little bit more about that bio. Tell us a little bit more about your background and your story so that those listening and mention your Instagram handle so those listening can make sure to tune in and connect with you on Instagram. Sure. So my Instagram handle is Michelle Shapiro RD, two L's in Michelle, no C in Shapiro. If you want to check out my page, please go ahead. More importantly, let me tell you a little bit more about how it came to be. So my story starts in high school, similar to a lot of dietitians. Um, I made a big health change. So I was obese for the majority of my life. And by majority of my life, I mean, probably from the ages of five to 18. I had like an awesome life. But my one thing was that I had uh, I had been occupying a larger body. At some point, I decided very radically that I was going to lose weight. So I lost about 90 to 100 pounds in under four months, actually. Um, so I rapidly, rapidly lost weight, which resulted in a bunch of symptoms. And I, I was really sick for a long time, actually. I had chronic illness. I had a, like developed like hypothyroidism, HPA axis dysregulation, which is you know commonly called adrenal fatigue, um, complicated name. And I suffered from a lot of nutrient deficiencies. From there, I worked with a naturopathic physician and I built my way back and I say I clawed my way back to health. That's where my approach started from. So I really combine integrative nutrition in a way where I focus a lot in root cause nutrition, combining Eastern and Western medicine. And so my important message that I always have for people is don't lose weight the wrong way the first time and just obviously very body positive. But at the same time, I believe that we have the power to change our bodies and our minds. And that's really uh, my message. And that's my health story. I love your health story. And I love how open you are about it. I think it's really authentic. And I'm sure that the clients that you work with, and the dietitians that you connect with are inspired by your authentic ability to connect with your story. Thank you so much for saying that. I hope so. Um, And I, I, you know, a long time ago, I was posting a lot of like transformation photos. And then I realized kind of the negative impact of those before and after photos. So now I really focus on healing in the mental space. And how do you do that at the same time, you're trying to make effortful health changes, um, which is really important to me. Um, So the part of my story, I think is more important is healing from that chronic illness and accepting it versus the weight loss, which is a kind of a sexier story. Sure. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, working corporate or clinical job when you are building your business. If you could tell us a little bit about your take on that and then a little bit more about what you do with your jobs. Sure. So I've worked 10 jobs since I graduated school. I think being a dietitian, like the more jobs you work, 
the more opportunity you've had and the more experience you have. A lot of times in other career paths, people often say like, I want to see a loyal employee who's worked at the same company for like 50 years. And I'm like, you won't learn anything if you're in the same job as a dietitian for that long, unless you're an entrepreneur and you're learning from different entrepreneurs and things like that. Um, So when I graduated school, I worked in clinical nutrition. I was working in a nursing home because it paid more. Um, Even though I enjoyed hospital acute care much more, I was like, I want the extra $10,000. And a lot of dietitians who are listening know that, you know, nursing home is, you get paid a little more. Yep. I felt a lot of cognitive dissonance when I was working there because I was like, I'm giving people ensure and I know for a fact that this is negatively impacting their Alzheimer's and kind of like all these things were coming together for me. So to release after work, I was working a second job and I was working in residential apartment buildings, teaching nutrition classes. So I was developing courses for 16 week courses, eight week courses, one day seminars. And I had taught over a hundred courses through different companies and through specifically one company mostly in that first year actually out of school. Um, So I was talking anywhere I could and I had just hundreds of lectures developed basically on any nutrition topic you can think of. I had a whole class on mindful walking while eating. Um, It was very detailed. After that, I left the clinical realm and worked for another private practice in Manhattan. And after I left that practice to work in a different corporate wellness job for Con Edison, the electric company, and went on leave to build my business, which I was building at the same time that I was working at Con Edison. So I was working about 90 hours a week for two years, which again, pushed me back into that adrenal uh, situation and was also at the same time as Libby introduced me working for another corporate wellness company. So it was a very long days. um, And my schedule with my practice was packed from 5 PM to 9 PM every day. And and on weekends, I was working from, you know, nine to four each day. So it was really like close to 90 hours a week of patient interaction. Yeah, that's, that sounds exhausting. It sounds like an incredible experience. And at the same time, it sounds exhausting. (laughs) It was super exhausting and very worth it. Um, I think, and I know you're the same where you were building your business while you were working clinically. So it's, it's what a lot of us do. The, The moment for me where I kind of said like, I'm devoting my time to building my practice is when I started making six figures in my practice in the 20 hours just after work. Cause there were some weeks when I was like, let me taper this down from 90 to like 70 hours. Um, and then when I started to see uh, like kind of, you know, close to $10,000 a month is when I was like, now I can actually just focus on my practice. I love that. And um, I, it's so funny, Michelle, because you're right at that moment. I think it's good to talk about that moment, especially for, I know I have a lot of listeners that either, they work clinical or they have a job or they do per diem. Some of many of my listeners are newer dietitians and they want to know what are the opportunities out there. And I've been honest as I've recorded episodes when I left my job and transitioned to full time, but I just want to say, I thought I would work less hours working in my business. And I, because it was a lot, right? So I had a nine to five and then I would come home and coach every night. And now I actually do more. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, because the more work you have, like the more work you get. It's like, you know, like it builds on itself. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's a whole nother topic because it definitely you have to like pace yourself and all that, which uh, some days are better than others. Some days are long, um, but it's just interesting to reflect because I think so many people are worried about when you go from the full-time or when you go from transitioning into your full-time business as you're building it. And it's just a lot of uh, uh, many surprises and learning curves about not only how much work it takes, 
But at those beginning stages, when you are full time, uh, the energy that it takes for you to build that um, and, and the fear, really right? Oh, the fear, the fear is huge. And I think this fear never goes away. I would argue it just increases in different ways, like different levels of fear, fear of getting started, fear of being successful, fear of continuing to be successful, you know, so the, it just continues, but it's seen, it shows up in different ways as you progress. But I, I love your story. And I, I love that you have, have worked 10 different jobs and you've had a really dynamic background. And I also love that you have really strong opinions about things. Totally. Um, have the audience hear your point of view. I want to be polarizing. That's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have any other feedback about, you know, building your business while working full time as that is a big topic? Anything else that you want to share with the audience and give them any kind of insights? I know there's, that's a huge topic, but what, what's your perspective on that? So I would say it's, you have to, during that time, build the business that you want to live in, which is kind of a weird thing, right? Cause you're kind of, it can't feel like it's your side business. It needs to feel like it's your business for what, cause when you leave your job, you don't want to leave something that, and then be at something that feels like a side business. So it was a, I mean, I took, you know, my salary pay cut. And the only reason why I won't give my salary for Con Edison is because there are other dietitians working there. And I don't know if they're comfortable with exposing their salaries or if I was making a different amount and I don't want to, you know, um, cause ruffle any feathers, but I was losing like a, a, what I consider to be an excellent salary for dietitians. Um, so there definitely was so much fear tied in. And I think that for me, I was always weirded out by the fact that my first year in my own practice, I had 150 clients. So I was getting like three, three clients a week. So I have, and I've said, and to my business coach, I've said so many times, like it felt like weirdly like too lucky. Like I was like, it just feels like it's luck. And I'm like, when is my luck going to run out? I was like, what, who else could just do this? And why have these people all fallen into my lap? And my entire business is built on referrals. So I would say like the most, most important thing in the entire world, when you're building your business is like, keep those close bonds with your clients. And if there's any person who's ever talked to you about nutrition, be vocal about your services and be vocal about what you're doing. Um, but I mean, I had one client my first year who referred me over 50 different people. So it's, it's really just being around people who are, have an abundance mindset for sure. And then also um, I, I think just, listening to people and, and being really conscious of the connections you're making with people and being conscious of the brand you're building, whether you realize you're building it or not, you know, so you can see patients in a practice, but you are, you are an entity also as a business person, your services, part of them are you. Um, so it's just being conscious that whole time of I'm not building the side business. This is actually who I am. And this is the manifestation of my work. Um, and just being like taking a jump and being super scared and just being okay with being super scared. And that's, yeah. The common, th I love that. The common theme that I'm hearing here is a lot about fear. And <laughs> I think it's also like the mindset, you know, like you're saying to not treat it, you have to understand that it's not a side business. You have to look at it as your full-time business before it is. And I think that is a lot of mindset. Um, that's totally. hard. It's really difficult as you're transitioning from your full-time job, whether it be clinical or maybe it is corporate to your business and making that full-time, um, it's a lot of mindset and you're going to have to take risk. Yep. And I, I, you know, for me, because I was working 90 hours a week, I actually backed myself into a corner where I didn't have a choice anymore. Cause I was so tired that I was like, 
oh, I'm losing joy in this a little bit because it was so hard for me to get through a day. Like you're working 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. Like it's, you know, I'm showering and going to sleep and then I'm waking up and doing it again. And for me, I was like, the one sacrifice I won't make is losing joy in the thing that brings me great joy, which I'm lucky that it does bring me great joy. You also can have an amazing business that doesn't bring you great joy, but it's a great business. I happen to find great joy in counseling, um, but you don't have to, by the way. That's that's also another conversation. But um, I started to be like, I'm so tired that it's I can't give all of myself to these sessions. And at that point, I was like, What am I losing by doing all this? Is the is the salary that I'm losing worth losing joy in this and losing this huge business that I'm about to build? And for me. I realized I, I, I backed myself into a corner and I actually had no choice. So it wasn't even that fearful and conscious thought because I was like, kind of have to do this. This is, this is what I have to do to survive actually. And, um, to create this greater world for myself. Yeah. Well, I, I love hearing about your story. Can you talk a little bit about overcoming rejection from clients, uh, when making sales, if those clients are not invested in any behavior change, can you walk us through what that feels like or your experiences with that? Yeah. So I think because my business was built on referrals, I, it was really easy sales for me in the beginning, right? Because, Mm -hmm. because they're coming to you, they know what they want. They already have proof of concept. Their friend has already been to you and sold you. You don't have to do any of the selling, right? So it's like when I started to interact with clients who were more iffy, um, I started to be like, oh, I have to convince people that they want to change also. I'm like, oh, I wasn't, I'm used to people just falling into my lap kind of, of course, not actually falling into my lap, but me working hard with people to make excellent impressions. And, you know, but if I was like, oh, it's, it's a really hard thing to approach. And I think the most important thing for me has been removing my ego and myself out of the equation and just giving factual information when you're giving those sales too. And to make sure like your sale is your worth is what your worth is. You can't sell something that's a lie. Just being verbal about what people can actually accomplish was hard for me. Cause I would, when someone would reject a sale, I would feel like they don't want to work with me. They're going to work with someone else. And if that is the case, they're meant to work with someone else. And that's like a purposeful thing that's happening in the universe. Um, so overcoming that rejection comes down to overcoming your own ego about it and just saying, this isn't about me. This is about them and what they want to do. And it's me- what's meant to be was meant to be. So you sell yourself and your truth. And if it, if it clicks, it means it's meant to click. And, and kind of me overcoming that was overcoming my own ego and, and not wanting to be rejected. But, you know, you're going to get rejected. Not everyone, it's a fit. So you sound like you have incredible mindset. How did you get to that point? Because I agree with everything you're saying. And I do feel like what you're saying is difficult for many to process. Is there any kind of manifestations, meditation, any routine that you practice to adopt this positive mindset, which has clearly helped you achieve success to reframe a rejection into as a part of business? Yeah, that's a really good question. And thank you very much. I have always been like an opportunist. It's just how I feel like I can see something that looks gross to everyone else. And I think it's like the most beautiful, amazing thing. And I'll make money off of it somehow. I really feel that way. I definitely met, I have a meditation practice. 
I'm very easy to dismiss the things that are negative and, and take on the things that are positive because of a lot of pain I've been in in my life. I actually think that people who are like, I love clients who have like walked through it and I really work so much better with clients who have walked through it. And we were talking right before the podcast started about this too. A lot of what I learn is from my clients because I have really high performing clients, like top, top performing brokers in the city, owners of hedge funds and like, re like really top performing executives who I'm super proud to call my clients. And while I'm listening intensely to what they're saying, I'm picking up on what the mindset of a warrior kind of is, right? So as they're saying things, I'm like, oh, they made that system and that's why they're so able to do things and they make everything look so easy and I try to adapt their meal plans to be in their mindset. And in that, I'm super inspired and I learn so much from my clients, from their pain too. I learn how people have survived things is a miracle to me. And I think that the answer is what tools do I use to have a positive mindset? And it's just listening. You just listen to what people are saying and I'll learn from it. I think that's the most important, most powerful thing is listening and being open to other ideas that seem weird. Incredible. I love that reflection. And it's so wonderful to have clients that you are inspired from and to be able to choose who you want to work with. And I think that that's something that many of you listening might not realize that is possible. And, you know, you can choose who you want to work with and you can create the life and the business that you want. And I love that Michelle is inspired every day by her amazing clients and it motivates her to continue her positive mindset. So it goes full circle and it's, it, it makes perfect sense to me when I hear her with such a good attitude and then I realize she spends her day with people who inspire her. And I think that that is a choice that we have. And I think that it's good to make those choices. <laughs> you know, Libby too, when you're, you leave certain client sessions and I'm a, I'm a very extroverted person, and I, which also means that you absorb the energy of other people. Right. And I'm super, I hate when dietitians say they're empathic. Like we're all, we're all caregivers. Of course we are, but it actually is something that I've really had to learn, which is not to absorb too much energy in sessions, not even like spiritual energy, but you know, you're giving and taking a lot in a session. Um, yeah. And I've, I've learned so much to like, if there's a client that you just leave a session, you don't feel good. There's just clients where you, I've had to discontinue a lot of relationships where I'm just like the, what the person is looking for. I'm, it's a disservice to them because I'm not giving it to them. And if I'm leaving the session and I'm not feeling excited, which is rare, super rare. Um, cause I won't take someone on unless I'm really excited to help right. them. Then it's time to also discontinue that relationship but it takes a lot of knowing that and feeling that and being like oh I don't feel good so how did you get to the position where you're able to choose the clients that you work with I think that's the question that many people are like wow how does she do that um I'd rather make no money than make the wrong type of money and it's a it's just an ethics thing for me um it really comes down to that I'm too sensitive I'm too weak where I'll feel so guilty about taking someone's money if I don't feel like I can give them a hundred percent that I just like, it's almost like my body does it for me where I'll lose money rather than make the wrong money. And I truly to the depths of my core, believe that if you continue to do right by people in this, in our very sensitive business where people are, are like handing us their like deepest feelings about this thing that's so private to them, which is their relationship with food. If you do right by people, it always comes back around. I've never had an issue getting clients and it's just from putting good out there. And I really believe that. I love that. How inspiring. 
What a like, what a beautiful uh, story and beautiful reflection for those listening to take away from, from this episode. Can you tell us a little bit about working smart and not hard? I know you've talked about adrenal fatigue and we've already mentioned those long hours and it's quite, we all probably know building your business is not a walk in the park, even as rewarding as it is. So can you tell us a little bit about working smart? Yes. So everyone's still, I'm always working on it. Everyone's still working on it. My tendency is to overwork. It's just in my DNA. I'm very likely to spend too much time on something and get really excited about something and then want to like just focus on that and then do something else. Um, I think work is also like an easy distraction for me. I think work is the most fun thing ever. So I'd rather do work than basically anything. I'd rather work with clients than do anything. So for me, the problem is that when I devote too much energy to it, it does, you know, it's a balance. Your energy is finite. We think that it's unlimited in some way and that you can just work, 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 but like your body gets thrown out of balance. You tend towards like away from relationships that are super important to you. And those things fill your bucket. So I, again, the moment that I realized like, oh, I'm not getting as much joy from this as I once did. I was like, that is not a risk I'm willing to take. Um, So how do I actively work smart and not, I actually would say smart and not hard um, is I say no all the time to things, which is the hardest thing in the world. It's so hard. And it's really hard as a woman entrepreneur, by the way, because we have been told forever, you have to do free stuff. You have to do this. It's the only way you'll build a business. People have to think you're nice to be successful. And I think being nice and being kind are two very different things. You do have to be kind, but you don't have to be nice necessarily. Um, but love it. That's it's true. But I I've learned, and this is what me and my business coach work on. Cause I'm just like, but they're sad. And I have to, my business coach is Laura Schoenfeld. And I'm like, but Laura, they're, they're sad. And I have to help them. And she's like, well, when you say, she always says, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. When you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So if I'm working with this client, they're saying no to working with someone who wants to work with them. Yep. And you know, or whatever project it is. I'm always approached with like different opportunities and projects and thinking, what am I taking time away from when I'm saying yes to that? Um, So working hard, not smart, working smart, not hard for me means saying no to a lot of stuff. That's what it means really for me. Yeah. I love that. And I agree. And what's your philosophy on free work? Yeah, no, I mean, if it's (laughs) not a client, it's, you know what? And I really feel like, you know what I'll do if it's something charitable legitimately, or if like, you know, on Instagram, giving out free content that could help someone like, of course, I'm very willing to do that. But seeing a client one on one, they're not invested in the journey, you just made them like, completely unable to commit to something. And you've taken away so much from someone when you don't actually accept their money. It's an exchange, right? Like they're, they're placing value on the experience, also based on the money they're giving you. It's just the way our brains work. So it's a disadvantage to take clients for free. And I'm even in the beginning, I did some seminars for free. I think that was totally worth it. I met some clients. I made some money that worked. Um, But you don't have to take clients from free from day one. And that's the standard you're setting. And then their friends come and they're referred and you have to make up your prices. Value yourself from day one because they want to value you too. If I was going to a dietitian, she was like, I'm just starting off and I'm doing stuff for free for now. I'd be like, I'd rather see a dietitian who's excellent. (laughs) And I'm actually going to like care to work with. I'm with you on that. And I, I love your story. You yeah, that's great. Yes, yes, yes. Can you talk a little bit about the beauty of empowering our colleagues, other dietitians and giving them jobs or referring to them? What does that mean to you? So 
I think besides working with clients one-on-one, the thing that invigorates me the most is helping other dietitians make money. I love dietitians. I love us empowering each other, talking about money. Me and Libby were talking about before too. Um, And I think that my work with Fitlore, so this is a corporate wellness company that I direct wellness services for. We build gyms in commercial buildings in Manhattan and we serve all the tenants of the building. So some of our buildings have 180 different companies with, you know, 10,000 tenants in them. Um, Some of them are smaller. They're all incredible opportunities. And I get to be in front of so many amazing, quick, high-performing individuals in Manhattan. So that's really exciting. In that work, I'm able to set dietitians up with teaching seminars um, and doing one-on-one services. And it's really exciting for me because anytime I can get work for a dietitian, and again, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. When you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. When I feel like a client's not a fit and I'm able to put money in the pockets of one of my fellow dietitian entrepreneurs, I'm super excited. So if I'm saying no to someone, I know I'm excited because I get to refer them to someone else. So I, again, I'd rather send a client away if they weren't the right client for me. I'd rather send an opportunity someone else's way. And along the path, I've met so many dietitians and I've been able to refer so many dietitians to different jobs, different opportunities. And that's like the joy of my life because I know that if it's a well-trained person who's well-meaning, that they're spreading so much positive light and it's it's really exciting for me and it's like the greatest gift you can give someone not as money but a job because then it's a pursuant opportunity they can continue to have um so if we can look out for each other because no one else is really looking out for us dietitians then um all you know more the merrier i love that that's incredible i think one of the best gifts you can give is to give back to your fellow colleagues and girls and guys and 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 one a couple notes to wrap up here where do you or is it from school or from past experiences or how do you connect and know which dietitians that you want to try to help out and refer to how do you build community is it through social media with other rds i am so not a social media dietitian person my social media is mostly like non-dietitians but i'm like i like am obsessed with your page obviously and like on it every second um i don't i'm not it's really my actual network, which is really weird that of people who really like I refer back and forth to is a lot of other practitioners, dietitians that I refer to are mostly ones that I've worked with. Um, but I definitely need to see that they have a thorough understanding of integrative medicine. It's really, really important to me, um, integrative nutrition specifically. Um, and I, I need to just feel like warmth from them. That's like really important to me. And I want people, if I'm referring someone, I think that's like, also the greatest it's a gift you're giving to someone but it's like a huge responsibility because now i'm putting my name a stamp of approval on something um so like i can think of like five to ten dietitians who i consistently refer to and all of them operate in the same mentality as me which is integrated nutrition really excellent counseling skills um like really really high quality counselors i think those, those are like the things that i look for and then when it comes to seminars i just want someone who's really excited to get in front of a room and talk to people. If you're amped and I know if you're a registered dietitian, you have the qualification, but that you have the knowledge to be able to bite back if people heckle you a little bit. Um, And anyone who wants a start, that's where I'm really excited. And I'm always helping other women build their businesses, whether it be just through connecting them with certain people, bringing them to events um, or referring people to them. Amazing. I absolutely love that. It has been a complete pleasure chatting with you and connecting with you on Instagram. 
Do you have any final notes that you want to leave with the audience? Sure. Thank you. By the way, it's been the greatest pleasure. I'm like obsessed with you. You're amazing. And I've had so much fun talking to you and before the show, like, especially we had like, we like vibed hard. I'm super excited. Um, a lot of what Libby preaches is super important to me too. We just need to be really kind to each other, promote each other, not drag each other down, be transparent as anything about what money we're making, what we're charging um, with other dietitians so that we can empower each other. We set the standard. So it's whatever we say it is, it is. So let's set it really, really high um, in ways of quality, of ethics, of money and all those things because we want the perception of people to be of dietitians to be this really high quality group which i know that we are so we set the standard let's set it really high i love that and uh likewise i enjoyed chatting with you and this has been such a pleasure can you just let everybody know where to find you on social so they can connect and let you know that this episode resonated with them as well yes absolutely so my instagram is michelle shapiro rd my Facebook page is Michelle Shapiro, comma, RD, and my website's MichelleShapiroRD.com. So it's really easy. It's the same all over. And feel free to DM me anything. I have dietitians who, again, my community is actually like a lot of personal trainers, acupuncturists, and, and business-minded people. Um, but I have messages from dietitians all the time, dietetic interns. I am actually, this is one thing I would love to say. I'm hustling for a dietetic intern of mine who's looking for a clinical rotation in New York. If anyone knows of one where they accept distance interns, I love taking interns and setting interns up with sites. Um, and if you have, if you need any help, if you need an internship, I'm happy to take anyone um, and just show you the ropes and have fun. Wow. That's incredible. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for dropping that line and letting us know where to follow you. It's been yes, a pleasure. Thank you so much, Libby. Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd love to learn more about how to get leads online and turn prospective customers into clients, apply for my coaching. I still have a wait list. Go ahead and visit LibbyRothschild.com. That's www.LibbyRothschild.com. Go under signature service and apply for my wait list.